Welcome to the Wanna Grab Coffee Podcast. In today's episode, Robert, Igor, and I dive deeper into the PERMA-V model of well-being by exploring P for positive emotions. We've talked in prior episodes about gratitude, which is a simple but powerful practice that increases positive emotions. Today, we'll be focusing on the concept of savoring as a way to amplify and enhance positive emotions that already exist in our lives. As always, don't forget to hit the subscribe button in your podcast player of choice, and feel free to drop us a line at hello at wannagrabcoffee.com or on Twitter at wannagrabcoffee. Hey, what's going on, y'all? Howdy. Hey, how are you? Charles, have you had any Starbucks lately? I did, actually, today. I missed that yesterday was National Coffee Day. Did y'all see that? I feel like we should know that if our podcast is called Wanna Grab Coffee, but it was brought to my attention late, and so I did get a decaf Americano from a grocery store today. First time in a while. Well, happy one day late National Coffee Day. <laughs> yeah. Thanks. Igor, how about you? Oh, me? Well, you know, I'd, l- I'd love to talk about what I'm drinking. For all of our podcast episodes, I have been preparing a different type of coffee beforehand just so we could talk about it when we get together, but we never end up talking about coffee. And so today's the first day that I didn't do any real prep. And I just have the bot- this bottle here and it's for jasmine unsweetened green tea. And, you know, it's from Taiwan and it's, it's really, it's really great. It has like a floral note to it. It's very refreshing. And, um, I like it. And it has a haiku on the back and the haiku says jigsaw pieces on the front porch, fading twilight. That's beautiful. Free haiku with every bottle. <laughs> Thanks, man. <laughs> I want to credit for it. It was by it's by Daryl Lindsay. So Daryl, if you're one of our listeners, you know, full credit to you, buddy. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, hey, I, I know we're we're not here to talk coffee all day long, um, but I know I know we wanted to dive a little bit deeper into the perma v model of well being. You know, we we talked recently about about that from positive psychology. And so today I wanted to talk to you all about P for positive emotions. We've talked about gratitude already as a practice to uh, increase positive emotions. And if you haven't listened to that episode, I'll encourage you to, but you don't have to, because today I wanted to talk about this concept of savoring. Kind of a funny word, to be honest. Uh, when I first think about it. Uh, But savoring is a way to amplify and enhance positive emotions that already exist in our lives. So whereas gratitude is a practice to help us cultivate more positive emotions, that's kind of how I frame up gratitude sometimes. Um, Savoring is, hey, what do you do when you have a positive experience? a positive emotion to really amplify and enhance the positive emotion. Yeah. What's, what's the first thing that comes to mind when you think of savoring? Yeah. I think that when I hear savoring, I automatically think about my gustatory sense and um, prolonging the joy of something. So, you know, if I'm eating an apple, taking the time to eat it and chew it 
and think about it intentionally as I'm eating it to to en- enhance my experience of of you know getting into into eating an apple. Just as, you know, as a silly example, but that's to me. I think of it as a, as a prolonging. That's what I connect it to as prolonging. When you say gustatory, what do you mean by that? As it relates to gustation, I don't know what that means. <laughs> no, no, I, I, <laughs> I actually shouldn't use gustatory because it's too specific. Um, so when we eat, uh, I mean, we eat with many different modes, right? So we touch it right with our hand or our mouth or whatever. Um, there's an olfactory component and then there's a gustatory component, which is the actual chewing and your taste buds and all that sort of stuff. And, and actually, if you're savoring something, it'll, it's probably a combination, not of just gustatory, that was too specific, but of which is the chewing mouth taste, but the olfactory, which is where a lot of flavor comes from. People, people don't think about it, but most of your taste, your perceived taste comes from the smell of, of whatever you're eating. And there's actually been reports, you know, people with COVID, they have lost their sense of smell during, you know, while having the disease, but then also it's not coming back for some people. There's just stories about people being surprised, like I can't taste. Well, no, their, their gustatory senses are actually fine. It's their olfactory senses that are being affected. And so they perceive, uh, they can't perceive tastes. So yeah, I was too specific with the word gustatory. Eating is really what I meant. I wanted to get fancy with my vocabulary. Charles, thanks for calling me out. Well, it's definitely an SAT word. Uh, th- that's what I think of too, you know, when I initially heard of this idea of savoring. It also is uh, the name of a restaurant here in Dallas, Texas, where we all live and work. Savor. Yeah. Clyde, Clyde Warren Park. Clyde Warren Park, yeah. yeah. And there's also a food magazine ah. called Savoir, which is, I think, the French word. And I think it, mean, I think it may mean flavor, actually. Let me look that up. While, while, while Robert does his thing, I'm going to look it up. Yeah, Rob, Robert, what's your reaction to this idea of savoring? So the word, I mean, when I heard it, I definitely thought food as well. Uh, what I'll add to what you said is this idea of remembering the experience or the emotions well after the fact. Uh, So, you know, having a really good experience or vacation or even meal with a family member, something like that. And if if you have some kind of picture or you're talking with someone and, and reminiscing about an experience that you've had together, it sort of brings those positive emotions back from when you experienced them to begin with. And so I definitely think there is an aspect of that uh, remembrance and and sort of ongoing reminiscing to increase the the positive emotions uh, in your life because you you probably aren't milking the good ones you've already had to the fullest extent uh, and so I'm I'm a big fan of that the downside there as with all things it's a balance if you spend too much time trying to document a given experience uh, you you miss out on uh, what's actually happening around you I I, I think a lot of uh, what my kids have done in the past, for instance, has been experienced through the the screen of my phone instead of, you know, me, me being present in the moment. And so there, there's certainly a a balance there to achieve. I did look up the French word, and saveur, which I think is how you say it, means flavor. And then I reminded that in Spanish, of course, it's sabor, also means flavor. So, so that's you know, in other languages. That word sort of just means flavor. But tell, tell, us, tell us the meaning in English. Well, from, from a positive psychology standpoint, 
uh, I'll give you a definition because that's that's what we're talking about here. So savoring is the use of thoughts and actions to increase the intensity, duration, and appreciation of positive experiences and emotions. So it's the use of thoughts and actions to increase the intensity, duration, and appreciation of positive experiences and emotions. And I think that that speaks to this idea that we can do things intentionally to amplify and enhance our emotions. Yeah. And uh, I think it's a little more obvious when we might be in a dow- downward spiral with our emotions. You know, we can just kind of go and pile on to ourselves. It's like, oh, I made this mistake at work. You know, that meeting was terrible. Oh my gosh, these people saw that I was terrible. I suck at my job. I'm going to lose my job. And we just kind of pile on and amplify the negative. It's very easy to do uh, because of our negativity bias as uh, humans, we have that. And savoring is the, it's the opposite, right? It's the, how can you amplify and enhance the positive um, to kind of shift that ratio of our negative experiences to positive. Um, definitely not saying that the intent is to remove all negative experiences because that's, that's just not feasible. Um, it's also not beneficial in my mind because I think we, we grow a lot from negative experiences. But, but certainly I can think of times when something good has happened in my life and I was very quick to try to push away the good feelings for, for whatever reason, like diminish it in some way. It's like, oh, no, you shouldn't have. Don't recognize me for an accomplishment or something. Um, and, you know, there's probably a whole host of reasons why I did that. Um, but you can do the opposite. You know, you can, instead of dampening, you can enhance positive emotions. And uh, that's what I want to talk about. But Robert, I think you were about to chime in with something. Well, yeah, that, that's a really interesting point. I, ha- I haven't thought about it this way before, but when you're experiencing a, a negative emotion, and at least I've found that this is true in my life, you tend to kind of sit on it for a while. You you had a bad interaction with a work colleague or with a friend or with a spouse or kids, and, and you just dwell on that for days or longer. Uh, and then on the flip side, when something really good happens, you mo- you tend to move past it much quicker. And so I think we all have this ability to dwell on uh, positive emotions because we've practiced that on, on the negative side, I think it just might take a little bit more intentionality. And I, I like that thoughts and actions idea you brought in earlier of uh, really prolonging and sitting in uh, those, those positive moments as well. So that that's something new for me. I'm, I'm definitely going to think about it a little bit more. Yeah. Thanks for that. I, I, um, I forgot to mention the points that you were, that both of you brought up is that you can savor the present moment. So Igor, you were talking about eating that apple, really being intentional about what that feels like, what that tastes like. Robert, I heard you say you can savor the past, like past experiences, like remembering a vacation, looking at pictures and things like that. Um, You can also savor the future. You know, it's uh, one of the great benefits that I get out of planning vacations is the positive anticipation of that event, knowing that 
you know, I have good times when I travel. I enjoy seeing new places and eating new things and documenting that in picture form, you know, for example. Um, you can savor things that haven't yet happened either. And yes, absolutely, there's that balance that's required. You can't get too lost in the past or the future and ignore the present. Um, but you could practice with all of those things, you know, recalling those good experiences that you've already had. Actually, I, I wanted to ask you all, have you had an experience in the past, like a positive experience that for some reason or another, you also tried to dampen? But I'd mentioned that in my life, I've had those experiences where I try to minimize the good for some reason, maybe because I was embarrassed or something like that. But has that happened to you all? So for me personally, it's it's not so much a uh, minimizing the good on on purpose or or wanting to sort of avoid those feelings. And and we've talked about this in in prior podcasts as well. But uh, I'm just so achievement oriented. I tend to get something going, have an accomplishment, have an experience, and then I'm off to the next one. And I'm sometimes even you know you're thinking about dinner before you've eaten lunch kind of deal where uh, you're just moving at, at a pace that does not accommodate that level of, of savor and appreciation. And so for me, as we're talking, and, and this is really eye-opening, I'm so glad we're talking about this today, I think building in those loops or reminders, you know, like on, on, on Facebook and Twitter and things like that, you get the year in review and, and every now and then you just get something put in front of you that's like, hey, go back and, and look and remember about your life and what this time period was like every year on our anniversary, actually, except this year. So uh, first time in 11 years where we did not, uh, my wife and I did not go back to the Arboretum where we got married. And normally we would go and uh, grab a pizza from our favorite place and you can bring food in. So we would go and, and sit in the garden that we got married at and kind of talk about the the prior year. And I always remember really looking forward to that time because you get to reflect on how much life has changed over the last 12 months and and relive these moments together. And I think if I don't do personally, if I don't do that intentionally, it's never going to happen. Uh, and I think that's a shame. Like I'll, I'm going to miss out on a lot of that positive emotion uh, because I moved past it so quickly. And so I think it, for me personally, as I'm talking this through out loud, I think coming back to moments is a, is a good thing. And then maybe at some point I'll be able to, to better recognize when, when I'm in them and be able to appreciate them in the moment more. Uh, but I, I think as a first step, I should, should definitely spend more time trying to, to reinvoke those, those moments and feelings. Yeah, that's awesome. I was, I was just smiling, thinking about y'all going to the Arboretum, you know, and, and reliving those positive memories. Yeah. Thanks for sharing that. Igor, have you ever experienced diminishing of positive experiences or, or am I just crazy? Yeah, I, I do it all the time. I think the one that stands out to me the most, you know, my entire life, basically, ever since I can remember, I, I can't remember when I wasn't drawing or painting or sculpting or creating some sort of visual thing. You know, people will call that art, even when I won awards. So I, I, ha I have this habit. I will create my latest piece and I'm done with it, right? It gets to a point where I, you know, I can't look at it anymore. And then I throw it away. I, in my lifetime, I have created hundreds of pieces of, let's call it art. And I don't have a single one that I've saved. It's, they've all gone in the trash. 
And even the ones that have won awards at the end of the process, I do like whatever, maybe it's the opposite of savoring, right? I just, I'm like, this is, this is garbage. And I just throw it out (laughs) because I know I can do better, right? Like that's, that's, and, and, and then what I don't want is this artifact that reminds me of me not being as good as I am today. And that's, that's probably some sort of really strange thing going on there. And I don't know what it is, but, but to me, that's like a clear example of when you said, Hey, do you ever not savor? Not a single one, not a single one, not a painting, not a sculpture, nothing. There's something, I mean, I I don't know if I do that, but there's something that resonates it's kind of like, hey, you look back on things that you've written, right? I've, I've talked about before how I'm trying to improve on my writing. Yeah, looking back on emails that I've written, documents that I've written from years ago, I look at that and I cringe, <laughs> you know? So I, I think it's not exactly the same thing, but there's something there in your, in your store that resonates. You know, I, I, I wonder if you think you need to do that in order to get better. Like, you know, it's not a, it's something that you don't want to be reminded of, right? Because you feel like it, it, it is not, it's subpar in some way. That's really interesting. I'm not a mental health professional, so I can't help you unpack that anymore. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you, you know, I'm, I'm going to say that there are Igor originals that exist in the world, um, but they only exist because I did them for someone else. Like they're commissioned, they're commissioned, right? In some way. And, and I'm not the one that was the curator and the guardian of those pieces. And so they, they do exist, but if, if it wasn't created for somebody else, then it goes in the trash. I think that is probably a shared attribute amongst, um, world-class artists. Well, you know, Ira Glass talks about this, uh, he, on NPR, um, so he says that if if you you get interest you gain interest in uh, a subject matter area storytelling art whatever because you have this really great sort of innate taste and your taste always outpaces your skill and so by definition you are creating work that you think sucks because it it does not match the taste that you have what he would say like you have this really killer taste what you're creating doesn't match and so what he would say, what Ira Glass would say, and I, th- I think this is this is spot on, is y- you have to just keep creating and you'll get better. Robert, I think you hit a bullseye with that uh, like assessment. Be- that's exactly what it is, right? Like it's, this is not to my level of standard. This is not to my level of taste. And therefore, I don't want to look at it. You know, I want to move on and, and I know I can do better on the next one. And I usually do better on, on the next one. I regret it sometimes, Charles, because sometimes having like a fossil record of your progress can be really meaningful. And, and when you throw stuff away, you, you don't have that fossil record. And sometimes we're bad judges of how much progress we've made. And, and I'm reminded of that. I used to work out with this coach. His name was John. And John, about a year into us working together, said, hey, Igor, let's start with 
a workout, your very first workout that you did here. And, and we did the very first workout and we basically blew through it in like 10 or 15 minutes. But I very distinctly remember the moment during the first workout with John where I thought it was the hardest thing anyone's ever made me do in my life. And then basically a year later, and, and I asked him, like, Are you, is this really the, the first workout? And he's like, yeah, man, absolutely. This is exactly what you did the first time we worked out together. And, um, and it was pretty incredible to put it into that context. And, uh, and that's why sometimes having that fossil record of stuff that you've created is important, regardless of whether your taste outpaces your skill, uh, which I think was very deftly described, Robert. I really love that story because I think it points to how adaptable we are as humans. You know, we, we adapt very well, actually, even though a lot of us, myself included, m may not think that. And... I, I really like the way that people put this concept of savoring. So you, you've heard of coping mechanisms, yeah? It's like, oh, we must develop coping mechanisms to help with, you know, things that come up in life, you know, negative experiences, negative emotions. Um, and those are good, right? That, that helps to minimize the, you know, kind of the downside of, of those experiences. Savoring is the opposite of a coping mechanism in a way. Maybe not an exact opposite. Maybe that metaphor doesn't hold true. But if coping is meant to help deal with negative emotions and its consequences and minimize those, coping is about, uh, savoring, sorry, is a way to maximize the benefits of these positive experiences. And I think if we, if we develop a healthy set of tools, both coping and savoring that can really help us to be more adaptable, you know, as we move through life. Cause again, the goal is not to experience positive emotions hundred percent of the time life would be dull <laughs> and uh, uninteresting if we were to do that. So, so let me share with you all some tips to enhance positive experiences. So these are, these are things that you can intentionally do to set up the conditions for savoring to happen, like for your next, your next uh, positive experience. There's uh, six of them. I'm going to read them out, and then I'm going to ask each of you, hey, wh what are your, which one stands out to you? I'm not going to explain it because I think a lot of them are self-explanatory. Um, so there's six. Six kind of tips to enhancing savoring. Duration. Reducing stress. Complexity. Attentional focus. Balanced self-monitoring. And social connection. So I'll, I'll read them again. Duration. Reducing stress. Complexity. Attentional focus. Balanced self-monitoring and social connection. And as I read them, I realize some of them probably need explanation, but I'll, I'll wait to see if y'all have questions about that. But anything stand out? Robert, do you want to want to kick us off? Uh, this is from the world. There's research done in positive psychology around savoring in particular, right? So they've identified based off of um, 
kind of surveys and, and, um, you know, experiences of people, you know, self-reported experiences of people trying to savor these positive experiences. These are the key components that, um, are important when trying to, um, enhance the savoring of positive experiences. You know, like if, if I wanted to not push away my positive experiences and diminish those and limit those and get maximum effect, I need to think about these things. Like duration is simple. Make sure I have time to savor the experience. If I'm going to a restaurant and enjoying a meal, I shouldn't try, I shouldn't have something scheduled after dinner that will make me rush through my meal and get out the door. Um, so that way I can just savor the moment, you know, so that that's what it's meant by my duration, for example. Well, and that could also go back to, uh, it doesn't have to be synchronous, right? Like in the moment you can, you can remember those positive experiences like we talked about before. Okay. Igor, any, anything else on duration or do you want to go to the next one? Maybe we could just take them one at a time. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty good on duration. Yeah. So for, uh, reducing stress. I, I think that this is kind of your mindset going into the into the experience itself. You know, Robert, let's say you did set up time at some point in the future to go to the Arboretum with your wife to celebrate your anniversary. Um, but you, you know, prior to driving in, you get a flat tire on the way there. You end up being late for your reservation because I think you have to make reservations to go there now and you run into a lot of traffic and you forgot the pizza or maybe you ordered the pizza and they botched up your order, right? That creates a lot of stress, you know, leading up to that, that experience that can really, really sabotage your desire to savor that experience. Does that make sense? Yeah. Is the idea there that you should look to mitigate stressors just in general or while you're trying to experience positive emotion or, or what's what's the idea behind or are they just saying stress undermines your ability to savor to have positive emotions? Yeah, I, I think a little bit of both. I think for sure stress can dampen positive experiences. Uh, but I think I think what the research points to is that savoring doesn't come naturally to most people. Just like coping mechanisms have to be taught and practiced and refined over time, savoring uh, needs to be approached in the same way. And so when you are able to be intentional about it and say, yes, I am going to schedule this uh, anniversary outing, these are things that you can do to uh, maximize the potential for savoring and all the positive benefits that come from that. Does that make more sense? Okay, that makes sense. Yeah, yep. Yeah, complexity is, is what you were talking about, Igor, around enjoying food. When, when they talk about complexity in terms of savoring, it's really engaging all of the senses like really trying to tap into, okay, how does it smell? What does it taste like? What does it look like? You know, the, the meal, you know, if, if that's uh, what you're trying to savor. 
And so the more complex you can make the experience, hey, maybe there's a favorite song playing, right? That you that you play along with that experience. The more you can, the more complex you can make the experience, um, the better chance that you you get in really truly savoring that experience. Attentional focus. Um, Igor, you also talked about, there's this really being aware of what's happening and, um, you know, focus can be diffused. It can be kind of broad. You can put your focus on, uh, like what's happening in the room, but you can also have very kind of pinpoint focus too. It's like, let me really pay attention to one of these things. And, um, that's what they're talking there. Balanced self-monitoring, Robert, you actually brought this up. That's the next one. And it's this idea of maybe you're on a trip to the Grand Canyon and you're struck with awe at seeing the Grand Canyon. And immediately you want to take out your camera and take a picture of the Grand Canyon, which would diminish that sense of awe in the moment. And so this idea of balanced self-monitoring is that you have to recognize that you will have uh, the desire to do that. And you have to try to resist that, that urge. And sometimes you will be successful um, at saying, you know what? Nope, I'm just going to sit here with my kids looking out at the Grand Canyon. Um, and um, other times, you know, you won't be successful and you'll pull out your camera. But it's in really finding that balance of like, whoa, wait a second. This is a moment that I need to savor. Let me savor it more. <laughs> um, because if you get lost in it too, that's not so great either. Right? Let's say you just get lost in the moment. Well, then maybe you don't actually remember enough of it to be able to recall it later. <laughs> so there's this uh, this desire for balanced self-monitoring that comes into play you know, as a skill. And then finally is social connection. And it's really just, hey, a lot of savoring, and this is probably why meals are so important to people in human history, um, the social connection, right? Robert, you were talking about your anniversary trips to the Arboretum. That made me smile because like I could feel the joy and imagine the joy of you all doing that. And so sharing the experience with others, either in the moment or after the fact, is a, is a big component to enhancing savoring. For me personally, and, and I think positive emotion is, is such an important component of the, the PERMA-V framework we talked about last time. And this really breaks down the idea and, and breadth of positive emotion into a lot of different sub areas that were completely off my radar before. So this is a, a really eye-opening for me. Yeah. I, you know, as I look at this list, I think this is probably why I like meditation so much because of these six things. Reducing stress, attentional focus, balanced self-monitoring. I think all three of those are enhanced or enabled um, through a practice of mindfulness. So we should at some point talk about that on the podcast. The, the last component, sharing joy with others, is the one that resonates the most with me out of the five. It just aligns with the, just how I naturally like to experience things. And I also like it because it creates a chance for uh, infection, you know, of joy 
with uh, with others, right? So hopefully it's not just a joyous moment for you um, or even worse at the expense of <laughs> like whoever you're sharing it with. Hopefully it's a joyous moment for, for both of you, right? Like if, uh, if Robert is taking uh, his wife to the Arboretum, it's not because Robert just enjoys going to the Arboretum and uh, his wife would actually rather not be there because you know she, she's like over it or whatever and so you know the or she's neutral about it hopefully both both people are are enjoying that moment well you, you know that that's a really interesting point i am apathetic towards the arboretum like it uh, i have allergies and usually i have to load up on claritin ahead of time uh and we got married in the summer in may right so it's hot uh and and so th- this is not a place I would go to on my own for fun. And I, I didn't go growing up. It's It's been there my whole life. Uh, yet when I go with my wife, especially around uh, our anniversary, it's one of the things I look forward to most. And so this place that you could even argue I have a, a neutral, somewhat negative opinion about personally I really enjoy, and that is directly related to the the social component of savoring, and then also uh, the the idea of uh, duration. We're going back and and reliving the past year and around our our wedding time, and and talking about that as well. And so you you can even take I think something that's you know neutral or slightly negative and and enhance it through through some of these items as well, which is. Uh, really interesting. Yeah, thanks, guys. Um, I think I'll let's wrap this up with maybe some practical tips from each of you. So w- one thing I haven't talked yet about is that savoring can come from positive feelings that are outside of yourself and inside of yourself. And so one of the one of the positive emotions that exist out there. Um, is awe, like something that's awe-inspiring, like the Grand Canyon. Like I've experienced that um, before. And that is, you know, that feeling came from something outside of me. Um, A positive feeling that comes from inside of me, there is pride. Like I feel feel pride for my kids, like in how awesome they are as human beings. And... um, um, you know, enjoying a great meal or a wonderful cup of coffee that comes from inside yourself too. And that's, that's related to, you know, kind of physical pleasure, you know, the gustatory sense and olfactory, all the stuff that Igor educated me on earlier. And so, um, maybe let's wrap it up with what is a source of positive emotions for each of you? Um, and we'll go one that's outside of yourself and one that is from inside of yourself. Does that make sense? Like just what's the source of positive emotions for you? And um, maybe maybe I'll start. Uh, so I'll, I see you all, you know, pondering, which is good. Um, for me, nature is that source of positive feelings. I I feel very strongly that every year, I need to make it to either the mountains or the ocean. And I don't really care where those are. 
um, at least once a year. Ideally, I hit both of those in a year because of the awe that it helps me to feel. Like when I stare out into the ocean or I'm at the top of a mountain. And so that is definitely an external source of positive feelings for me. Certainly the the external one has to, for me, would have to do with being around a a group of people where there's good energy and uh, everyone's sort of of getting along and and there's just a good vibe uh, in, in the room, in the situation. It could be, it could be as small as one or two other people or uh, a larger gathering. And I think if I'm sort of in that uh, area, I get a lot of energy from being in a group of people that, that has a a high degree of, of positivity around it. Uh, And then internally, uh, definitely that, that sense of accomplishment and, uh, and, and, and achieving some, some goal, some objective, learning something new. Uh, it may be miserable going through it, but once I sort of get past uh, the the hump and uh, get it done, I, I feel I feel really good. And so usually when I'm feeling overwhelmed or uh, a little bit negative, I'll I'll just pop up an OmniFocus, for instance, and just start doing things off of it because I know that that will give me some sense of positive accomplishment and uh, a good feeling that I can carry forward. Nice. Thanks, Robert. Yeah, I think, I think for me, something that is, is all inspiring for me and, you know, I think nature is definitely one of those things, but if I were to choose something else, it would be watching people who have mastery over a particular subject or skill. You know, like a few years back, I watched this Jiro Dreams of Sushi movie. I think it was on Netflix at the time. But it's about this 85-year-old man who had been making sushi for over six decades and really has become a master in his craft. And just watching, you know, the precision of his movements, the thoughtfulness of the act was really amazing to me. And, And really, anytime I'm watching an Olympic athlete or a craftsman, um, or, you know, a sushi master in this case, there's this real positive feeling of feeling good about humanity, right? It's like, holy cow, this is, you know, it's amazing that we can take these things, however uh, small they might seem, to a really big level. And and so that's that's maybe an external one for me. And I don't know if this is internal or external, but something that I thought about it that's related to food. What I enjoy more than like the experience of eating a good meal is the experience of preparing a meal and sharing it with people to enjoy. Like that gives me probably a hundred times more pleasure than eating a great meal that somebody prepared for me or that I prepared for myself. And, And so that's, that's one of those things that I can really savor and uh, sometimes we'll do this uh, group event where we go and we cook for the Ronald McDonald house. And my favorite moment um, is standing back right when people start filtering in and around eight 30 and just watching uh, these families enjoy a meal that you prepared and they don't have to say anything, right? Just, just seeing that they're, they're having a good time. Uh, they're getting nourishment 
um, they're getting joy out of it just feels so freaking good. Mm. Yeah. Thanks for that, Igor. Um, I, I know what you mean on that because we've shared that experience together. So thanks for that reminder. Um, I, I think that's it, guys. I would say for our listeners, do this exercise for yourself. You know, identify what is one, at least one source of positive feelings and emotions in your life, something outside of yourself, but also something inside of yourself. And, um, you know, check out some of our notes in the show notes uh, to help you bring more of that into your life. And I think that's really what we're talking about here. And with that, thank you all for the conversation. I appreciate it. We'll uh, look forward to our next chat. Awesome topic. Thanks for bringing it to us. Yeah, this has been great. Thank you, Charles. I appreciate you thinking of this. My pleasure. See y'all. See ya. Bye. All right, y'all. Bye. That's it for today. Thanks for joining. And don't forget to follow us on Twitter at WannaGrabCoffee or drop us a line at hello at WannaGrabCoffee.com.